Welcome to the... <laughs> no, 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 I can't do that. Let's try another one. Uh, how about this? <laughs> no, no, that won't work either. Let's try this. get on board with that. Let's roll with it. Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. Jill Thomas is the Chief Marketing Officer of PGA Superstore. She has one of the most prolific careers when it comes to amazing brands, including stints at Disney, Publix, and Focus Brands. We talk about her career, how she's always sought to work with brands that have a purpose she believes in, and advice she has for young marketers today. Let's get into it. All right. I'm really excited about today's episode because there are, I would say, a handful of CMOs um, in Atlanta that I feel like really lead with heart. And Jill is somebody who does that. Jill, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Hey, Jeff. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, my name is Jill Thomas. I am the Chief Marketing Officer for the PGA Tour Superstore. And I'm super excited to chat with you today. Yeah. And and we've got lots to talk about because... Um, your business, you know, every business, every industry is handling and, and, and um, making its way through this, these turbulent times differently, but you guys are in a unique position. So we'll, we'll get to that, but you've had a really storied career, I would say, from a, like a brand perspective, some great companies, but let's go way, way back as we start. Um, I know you're, you're a huge University of Florida fan, is that correct? That right. is correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, so 90% of my listeners just, just left <laughs> being Bulldog fans. I'm kidding. Um, but did you grow up in Florida? I did. I grew up in central Florida, small town between uh, Tampa and Orlando called Lakeland, Florida, the home of uh, public supermarkets. Yeah. Okay. And, and how close were you to University of Central Florida? Uh, UCF is, is probably an hour or less. Okay. Um, yeah. I almost went there. UCF's an incredible school. It's amazing to see how it's grown uh, over the last 20 years. It's unreal. I, I mean, it's, it's really incredible. Like, it's like a city out there. They're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. It was really impressive when I went. Of course, that was quite some time ago. So a football thing, but, you know, I'm, that's the gator in me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so were you, did you always want to go to Florida? Was that your... Yeah, yep. I did. I, you know, I, I really felt like um, the University of Florida was a perfect combination. It was close to home. It has a, a very, you know, good academic reputation and uh, an incredible sport. So I thought I could kind of get the total package um, close to home. Yeah. A plan. Presumably marketing, advertising. What was your major? Uh, I majored in advertising. Actually, I, uh, I, I always 
you know, my, my kind of my educational story is interesting. Maybe it'll provide hope for some people. I, I, it, weird situation. I, because I grew up in Lakeland, because my father worked for public supermarkets for 35 years, uh, I had a chance to work in the offices as I was growing up. So I worked in the marketing department when I was in high school and, uh, Mark Irby, who is their chief marketing officer, he's still their chief marketing officer, you know, many years later, uh, he's really my mentor and the person that, you know, extended a hand to me when I was literally 15, 16, 17 years old. So when I went off to college, I already knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I spent a year at the University of Florida and said, you know, I could sit in these classes or I could actually go back and do this. And so I left, I, I, didn't, I did not finish college. It took me right away. It took me about seven years before I actually graduated my undergraduate degree. Um, and then I, you know, obviously as I progressed in my marketing career, I, I re started to recognize that I needed uh, a little stronger formal education. So I went, that's when I went back and got my MBA also at the University of Florida. So a um, little different approach, I think, than the traditional approach. Yeah. Not, I, I always joke, I had my first job in marketing. I was a field marketing coordinator for Domino's Pizza. And I think I was like 19, but I, I, I know I lied about how old, I know I lied about <laughs> three, I'm sure I was, uh, and in fact, uh, what's fun fact, since we're in Atlanta, uh, there's a great marketer here in Atlanta named Rob Collins, uh, who's worked on a lot of different brands, last uh, Tropical Smoothie, and he was the, my first, he hired me, he was the first person to ever hire me, and come full circle, you know, several decades later, it's so cool that he and I, you know, have reconnected and we're here in it, both here in Atlanta, so. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, and sorry, did you say your mentor from um, Publix that was Mark? His name is Mark Irby. Yes. Yeah. He's still, he is a legend. He is still to this day uh, the CMO, or, you know, and that's not his technical title, but that he is the, the leader of the marketing team at Publix. And he is really the person that I feel uh, should get so much credit for the strength of their brand and really understanding that. You know, he, you know, he was one of the first to do brand marketing for a supermarket. You know, it was always, you know, the price of grapes is whatever this week. And he was the guy that said, that's, that's not the way. And, and if you look back at their history for over 30 years, they've produced some of the most amazing brand spots and, and he's that guy. And with, of course, uh, 22 squared being um, behind them for all those, you know, all these years. Um, but, you know, what a great what a great mentor he's been to me. He's always, he's always been a part of my career. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure, um, impressed upon you in, in such a way that, I mean, your marketing career has grown and grown and you've been CMO. So like, that's really an interesting story. Do you guys keep in touch? Yeah, I try to stay in touch with him as much as I can. I mean, but he is still, you know, running that business and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, we always, have said, you know, is there a, you know, there, there was always the thought that I would go back someday. I never, you know, thought I'd be so far away from it. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I just adore him and, and I think he's brilliant and uh, I do try to stay in touch with him as much as I can, but he, he's really running a, a great, uh, a great business down there. I'm really impressed. 
by him, by that whole team. I'm still, it's interesting, you know, Publix is a, is a privately held company and it's kind of has still a family owned mentality. And most of the people that I worked with there 20 plus years ago are still the same people that are running it today. And it's pretty cool. You know, great. Wow. Incredible job. Yeah. And then you went, I, I think from there to Disney, is that right? Yes. Yes. I left, I left, left the coop. So yeah. I think if there are, you know, aspiring marketers out there, I, I would just like to kind of explain that, which was, you know, I was a sing. by, by this point in my career, I was a single mom. I, I had I had worked in food service and a couple different kind of coordinator worked my way up to a manager role and then I went back to Publix um, because I wanted to get my MBA and I wanted to be in Lakeland where my parents could help me with my kids and um, Mark who is this you know amazing guy he called me one day and he said hey how you know we'd love for you to come back and run our consumer research uh, department. And I was like, what? I have no idea how to do that. And he said, I know you don't have any idea how to do that, but you understand marketing and that's what I really need. Someone who can translate the insight into action and, and put plans together. And so I went back and uh, I was like the, one of the first people they've ever hired outside of the company and to come in as a manager and that, that, that was back then there, there, it's different today, but, um, you know, he basically just let me learn and do great, cool things. And so we did that for about five years. And, and, and after doing that, I recognized they needed to get where I wanted to go. I felt like I needed to have my MBA. So I was, I was getting my MBA and working at the same time. And when I finished, uh, uh, at that point, I kind of had this mindset of, I want to work on the best brands I can possibly work on within the I-4 corridor between Tampa and <laughs> And I was like, what, what, what are those? So it was like Publix, it was Tropicana which at the time, which ultimately became PepsiCo, and, um, and Disney. And so uh, after business school, I, I was actually recruited by Disney to, to go into brand management. And it was, you know, obviously the, one of the best things that ever happened in my career. Um, at that time, Disney had a very strong uh, brand management discipline. They had hired a bunch of uh, consumer packaged goods marketers to come in and really create this organization called brand management and help them as a theme park brand kind of have a more disciplined approach to marketing and, and insight, you know, research and, and, and just the whole planning process. And so I, I really, uh, the, anybody that's worked with me that might be listening knows I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty disciplined when it comes to the planning process and uh, integration. And, you know, Disney is all about synergy, which was, is to me the name of the game and, and the thing that makes them so special. So learned that there. And I've certainly taken that with me everywhere I've gone. Yeah. And how long were you there at Disney? I was at Disney for 12 years, um, so about right in the center of my time there. I actually left and I went to PepsiCo because I had to get the Tropicana thing. In. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I really, I kind of wanted to, the, the truth of the matter was my daughter was diagnosed with type one diabetes. And I felt like as a working single mom that I needed to, you know, maybe, pull back a little bit. And I was so into it. And again, anybody that's ever worked with me knows I'm kind of intense about what we do because I love it so much. 
I just felt like I needed to take a little bit of a step back uh, in order to be maybe a little more present as her mom at that kind of critical time. And I did that. It was funny because what the heck was I thinking? I got a job with PepsiCo. I was the, what they called the, I was the power of one, which meant all of their brands, Pepsi, Frito-Lay, um, Quaker Tropicana and Gatorade. So anytime there was a customer facing promotion in, in what we call strategic grocery. So that was Publix, HEB, Wegmans and Meyer. So they're all across the country. Anytime there was a, a promotion that included two or more of those brands, so like Super Bowl would have Pepsi and Gatorade and Frito-Lay, I was the marketing lead. Mm. So I was never home. I traveled every day. I was all over the place. So while I loved, uh, I love, I'm a huge fan of that company. I ultimately went back to Disney because I was like, wow, I got to like, dial this down. So I got to go back to, to Disney. You, you might be the only person in the city of Atlanta that is a fan of the oh. Gators and a fan of Pepsi. No, you know, fun fact, when I was at uh, KFC, which is PepsiCo and now Yum, yeah. uh, during the Olympics and uh, here in Atlanta and Coke, uh, you know, the urban legend, and, and they, they certainly didn't call me, but the urban legend is that they, they offered or they tried to get all the, um, the 100% of the poor, poor business in the city of Atlanta while that was going on. So they wanted, they were paying us to, tr to stop selling Pepsi and to switch to Coke, at least during the time the Olympics were going on, which is uh, still to this day, like boggles my mind. That's like, crazy. Uh, of course, that didn't happen. But yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine being Coke and having the ability to, to, to make an offer like that. No doubt. Yeah. I do think it's interesting. I mean, again, we'll continue to, to look at some of these amazing brands, but it's kind of interesting you didn't end up at Coke or did you have a small stint that, that yeah. I don't know about? did i would have loved to they I, I guess they didn't want me or love me or something <laughs> i doubt it um i you know just not never the right time i guess yeah. right or the right role and i have such admiration for that company and the people that i know that work there are just so top-notch and their alumni are so fantastic so nope i don't know hey you know you never know that's turn <laughs> up you so, got plenty of time i got plenty of time i got at least what like five years left in this <laughs> thing so no just kidding I, so I'm so fortunate to be where i am so i, I yeah and again i I'm, I'm really excited to to talk more about that as you went from um disney to to yum kfc and then bloomin yeah and i'm guessing cinnabon was when you finally came to atlanta is that that's right you know what's funny is uh i remember the day i told my dad i was going to work at kfc um after disney and you know, quite honestly, he didn't kind of understand, and and uh, but I did. I understand that Yum Brands is, is such an amazing company. Uh, KFC is such a great brand, and and the leadership there has just so transformed it. And that was what I was hired to do. I was hired as part of a a team of people to go in and transform. And the recruiter said, called me, and her first sentence was. How would you like to be a part of transforming a great American brand? Well, what marketer is going to say no? Yeah. 
and uh, and then it was KFC, which of course I had great um, affinity for because of the PepsiCo thing. And I, you know, I know David Novak was still there, and I was, I'm just, you know, I was, I was ha more than happy to go. But oddly enough, the person that recruited me to Yum was a guy by the name of Joe Goof, and Joe was a Coke alumni. He had been at Coke for about 10 years or more, and uh, you know, just a really sharp uh, guy. And he came in uh, to help with this transformation. And he was building a little team of, of I call them sort of small business consultants because we work with franchisees to help transform their business from sort of the old school of way of doing things to the new school. And um, the reason I mention that is fast forward, you know, five years later, Joe became the president of Cinnabon. And um, when he uh, needed a, a new marketing person, uh, the person that was my predecessor, Kristen Hartman, who's just an amazing marketer that you should also have on your podcast. She's got an incredible story, um, and uh, especially given her uh, role at Focus. But she was had been promoted, and Joe called, and I was talking to both of them. They didn't know I knew each, each of them. Uh, which was kind of fun too, and uh, ultimately I was fortunate enough to get to to come to Focus. And and as you can imagine, as a woman in the restaurant business, to to get the chance to work with Cat Cole and mm. and Kristen and 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 know a leader that I knew very well in Joe Goof, I was I was beside myself. I was I loved it there, and and it's a great company also. Yeah, I mean that's one thing I see as a, a trend here is you've had the chance to work with some really great people. Um, can you talk about Kat for a second? So Kat's somebody that I know, but certainly not as well as you do. And somebody that I look up to, I just, you know, her, one of the things I really respect about her is that she's, she's willing to, um, I guess, how does she express herself? She's like the hippie in the boardroom. Like she's, <laughs> she's, she's fine being herself and, and putting out there things she believes in, but also seems like a, you know, very focused business person. Yeah, I think that's the the disarming thing about Kat is she's this amazingly socially relevant person that understands what's happening in the world and how to be relevant and what's really important. And she's so down to earth, but she's brilliant. And, you know, it's disarming because on one hand, you're like, wow, there's this really cool chick and she's young and she's, you know, dynamic. And all of a sudden she's quickly, you know, dissecting a complicated problem, simplifying it for the room and telling us how we're going to move forward. So she's, she is a very special, special, special leader. And, and I feel really fortunate to have had a little bit of time with her. Uh, and I, I always get excited about thinking about where Kat will ultimately, you know, how, how big, and I always, Kat, Kat's career will be as big as Kat wants it to be. But that's the other beautiful thing about Kat is she's not, you know, she's, she's living her life and that's what yeah. matters to her. And now she's a mommy at two times over. And so she's got lots of priorities that, that, you know, change her perspective. And, uh, and I think that's been equally not to sound like, you know, the old lady, but, you know, watching her become a mother and seeing how she's continued to lead and transform through that is, is just, it's just really impressive. And she's, she's a special one for sure. Yeah, for sure. So then um, you're at uh, Focus, you, you do a stint at Edible. Yeah. That, that wasn't a long one though, was it? 
No, no. <laughs> okay. I probably shouldn't even talk about it that much, I, I, meaning that uh, I, I wasn't there for very long. But honestly, you know, I, I had such an amazing experience at Focus and Cinnabon is such a, such a special brand because it was like the manifestation of all of my experiences into one place. It was sort of CPG, sort of retail, sort of bakery. You know, it was just like kind of the total brand. It was, you know, global brand. And I, you know, I really had a lot of fun there. And, you know, it's funny, I always joke, I got, you know, people were a lot more interested in what I had to say being at Cinnabon, like no one ever called me while I was at Disney and no one ever called me, you know, for like <laughs> on a panel or do this podcast, like that never happened, but Cinnabon sort of changed things. Um, and it was my, personally, my first time to kind of get to run the show, even though it was like under the umbrella of focus brands, it gave me that first sort of like, okay, I'm responsible for, for all of this. And I took it really seriously, some, sometimes probably too seriously, but but I really, really loved it. Edible was like the next big thing because it's such a, um, it, it is such a strong e-commerce brand. And I wanted, you know, I am, I've always, I call myself a shifted American. I read the book being digital, like in 1999 and I was, I'm not a native digital person. I am a, a, a shifted digital person. And it has always been such a big part of my career and, and, and how I think. I mean, when I, I was very fortunate to work on the uh, Next Gen project with Disney, which was turned into the Magic Band Plus, if you've ever, if you've been to Disney's property. You know, so to have, to be, that's sort of the ethos of who I am. And so I really wanted the opportunity to to get into e-commerce and digital in a much, much deeper way than a restaurant brand would be able to to do and, and edible provided that opportunity. So I, you know, I learned a lot. I was there just about a year and I learned a ton and, um, and then, you know, and then we, we went our separate ways as sometimes happens. And it's exciting for me to watch them, um, you know, do so well right now. I mean, it's another brand that through this, this terrible time that we're all going through has really, you know, found their way and found their their reason why in the consumer's life and uh, it, it looks like they're doing pretty well so I, I'm very happy for them and, and a lot of my you know my peeps that are still over there so shout out to the edible team yeah yeah that's great and you know um, speaking of a brand that's you know doing well or finding its unique role in our current you know crisis, pandemic, however you want to describe what we're going through right now. Um, you ended up at PGA Superstore. So first I have to ask, are you a golfer? Yeah, I am. So, uh, you know, well, let's start to, di let's dissect that question. What does define a golfer? So, you know, yeah. I am I've, I'm somebody that has grown up around the game. Um, I am, you know, I am not a scratch golfer by any stretch of the imagination, but I love the sport. I love sports in general, but golf is, uh, is very kind of personal and special to me just because it's the game my father plays. My father, who's, uh, you know, 81, still shoots in the 70s, right? That's how wow. big golf was. My mother texted me this morning. She had an 87 yesterday. She's uh, in her late 70s. So, I mean, golf is a kind of a big deal with this family. Yeah. So I was um, actually in a um, 
e-commerce uh, discussion group here in Atlanta, just brainstorming with other folks that are also in e-commerce. And I met Matt Corey, who was the CMO here. And uh, Matt became the CMO of the PGA Tour. So when he became the PGA Tour CMO, I said, um, does that mean your job is, is <laughs> then? Because that would be really interesting. And uh, that's how I started the journey. And then once I got to, you know, came to understand that PGA Tour Superstore is a part of A&B Sports Entertainment, uh, owned by Arthur Blank, a part of that family of businesses, um, I like could not believe my incredible good fortune. And, you know, and that what I believed about working for Arthur and Steve Cannon, who's the CEO of AMB uh, Sports and Entertainment, and Dick Sullivan, who's our CEO here. These are storied l leaders, and they're amazing human beings. And I, that was really what I was most interested in. And that's, you know, how I got here. And that's certainly been my experience so far. Yeah. And that was, sorry, was that January? When did you start? actually started in late December, okay. uh, right before Christmas. And um, I, you know, it, I jokingly said, you know, I couldn't believe my onboarding. I think I spent a week at Streamsong down in Florida where we have our associate summit where all of our vendor partners come and demo products. We had player appearances and all of our, our vendors are there showing uh, their products for the coming season. And it was just like incredible. And we played, we got to play around at Stream Song and it's incredibly hard, uh, but a beautiful course, not too far from Lakeland, Florida, my hometown. And uh, I did that for a week. Then off I went to, uh, to, uh, the, uh, to Scottsdale to film a TV spot with our, uh, Nick Faldo, Sir Nick Faldo. We shot our first uh, spot with him back then. We were out there for a week and then went to the PGA show, which I had always wanted to go to um, in Orlando. And I like, this is like the best thing ever. And then I went to the players and where the PGA has their annual partners meeting every year, the week of the players down in Jacksonville and Ponte Vedra where they're headquartered. And I was there that week. And that was like the week of the seventh. And on, I was there, the meeting was on Wednesday. Uh, by Thursday, I was on my way home and the tournament was being canceled. And I like, it's amazing. Like from like the most unbelievable, this is the most exciting thing. There's so much green fields of, 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 to work with. This is a great brand to, oh my gosh, are we going to even survive? And yeah, so it's, it's been quite a ride. Yeah, no kidding. And, and one of the things that um, I've looked to um, watch how brands uh, behave, um, how they, you know, try to uh, reorient, whatever it is to get through these times. It seems like, you know, there's, there's been this um, sense that golf is, is a way that people can continue to connect in a time when we're all so separated because of, you know, six feet and masks. But golf is one of those things that people can do, can continue to do, right? And that's, that's been happening. Yeah, I, I, you know, that is the beautiful thing. You know, I, I love this game and, and the game has not grown fundamentally in, in, in a really long time. You know, it had sort of a resurgence in the late 90s when Tiger 
Woods came on the scene, but for the most part, golf is a pretty, you know, small, steady uh, business. And if you, if you're on the outside of that, like if you're not a golfer, you're probably looking at it going, oh, you know, it's hard and it's, you know, some people think, you know, it's boring to watch on television or whatever. And the people who love the game are like, are you kidding? Like it is the most exciting game to watch. And it's, it is, it isn't easy, but it is um, a game that you sort of, that tests a lot of parts of your your character and and it and it and you connect with outside and nature and you can you know play with your friends and 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 it's like all of a sudden so many people are discovering this beautiful game called golf and you know this the the thing that we're so excited about is we're seeing that people can physically distance but socially connect with their friends or family or even their selves from the standpoint of you know from you know, mindfulness, because golf is a game that kind of you have to be sort of inside yourself. And it's just beautiful to see. And we are seeing so many new players. We've sold tons of package sets, which are just generally an indicator of a newer golfer. Juniors, our juniors business is Mm. out out of just blowing up. But what's, you know, really exciting to me is, um, we've had a 90% increase in, 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 um, visits to our website from women. Uh, we've seen a ton of growth in the 18 to 34 year old segment. So like, it really is like new people coming to the game. So now our job is to keep them, uh, which is the tricky part. Yeah. But well, I don't know golf's, I mean, it's pretty addictive. Once you get into it, um, you learn how to swing that club, which, you know, I, I played college athletics. Um, and so I, I'm a little bit athletic, the first time I swung a golf club, I felt like a newborn baby deer. Like I was, I felt so discoordinated. I think I hit the ground four times. It's, but once you get it, then it's sort of addictive that, that one shot out of 10 that you hit and you really feel good about. Um, so hopefully that'll stay. Why do you think the uptick in, um, in women right now? That's really interesting to me. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I, I was talking about this week, uh, this past Tuesday was a, a women's golf day. And a lot of times when we talk to women golfers, we're kind of like assuming that they are new, but actually there are a lot of women in the game. And I just think, you know, uh, because of the time period we were in and because of, of quarantining and maybe they're spending more time with their spouse or other people uh, in the household. They're just like, Hey, this is a way for me to get out there and they go. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, this is actually pretty cool. I'm outside. I feel safe. I am, you know, I'm exercising. I'm moving. This game is challenging. It's, it's a mental, you know, it's as mental as it is physical. And, you know, I just think that's why people have discovered it. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I agree. It can be calming and soothing, <laughs> but, uh, maybe it's also a way to work out your anger. Cause certainly I, I think I could use that outlet. Yeah. I mean, it could even be just that. I think it's just, it just became a, a good, nice way to get out of your house. Yeah. And then to your point, once people had a chance to, to swing that club, they were like, Hey, wait a minute. I can actually, I could, you know, I could, I could do this. I, I joke is like, one of the things we talk about, what's beautiful about golf is that you're never where you ultimately want to be. I mean, it's going to be a rare, a rare person that achieves what they, 
you know, that says, okay, I've, I've mastered that. Now I'm moving on to the next thing. And so it's always this search for the next, you know, the next thing, whether it's a different club or a different loft or a different shaft or a different swing grip, whatever it is that you're trying to, to do to improve your game. And you, you know, ultimately you never really get there. So it's the journey. It really is about the journey. And I think that's what makes it really, really fun. And, and I think what's been fun for us is kind of this transformation from we sell products in a box to we are here. We're fan serving fans. We love the game. We're here to help you, whatever that looks like, all are welcome. You know, it, that's, for me as the marketing leader, that's been where I'm having the most fun is really on brand voice and our social, our social is up, like our engagement and reach is up like 370%. You know, we just golf, not only uh, what we do, but the live golf being the first sport back on television and they've done such a good job. Uh, the tour's done an amazing job um, providing us sports you know, outlet when there was no other, that helped us too. We know for a fact that live golf on television dramatically impacts mm. our business. Last, uh, the Sunday of the PGA championship just a couple of weeks ago was the highest volume site traffic in the history of our site. Wow. So it's just, it's, you know, it's just, we're having our moment. And, and I, like I said, I think our job now is to keep people engaged and to make sure they feel welcome and make sure they understand that, you know, I think the stat is less than 40% of all golfers will ever break a hundred. Once you know that, and then you, you realize, okay, I'm not trying to be a scratch golfer or 72 or shooting eighties. I just want to get better every time, or I want to have a, I just want to have fun. Um, it, it takes a lot of pressure off of you when you realize that you're not, you know, if you're in the foursome and you know, you're I, like me, by the way, hitting it, you know, I, I'm not about the score. I'm about the journey and, and it's a perfect sport for that. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's a great perspective with golf. I mean, I think that's, <laughs> that's if I, I'll try to remind myself the next time I play, it's about the journey. It's not about today's score. Um, what's your favorite club? This Jeff, it's yep. been, the thing that's been funny is it's, you know, there, it's a, it's a fairly male dominated sport. And here I am the marketing leader that is female and a lot of times I lean into the emotion and the warm and fuzzy. And a lot of the t our agency sometimes, which our team, it's Tombrous out of Nashville. They're doing a great job. And a lot of times they're like, dude, it's like, what are you talking about? Like, we just want to get out there and like, you know, high five each other and play golf. Like you're, it's, it's, don't make it too deep. And so it's an interesting marketing challenge for me is this is the first brand I've worked on where it is a, more of a male focused brand. So I, I am having to like shift my mindset a little bit and rely on others, which isn't always one of my strengths, um, to help me with sort of some of those communication tactics. It's kind of <laughs> pretty funny. Well, it is. A, and I think that's also interesting about golf is I think it's probably unique to each person, how yeah. they play, what goes through their mind, how they approach it. Right. Yes. Yes. So you were going to ask me my favorite club. Yeah. Um, that question it is definitely the driver because I, I can hit the driver pretty decently, but that's where it ends. So I just, you know, if I could just, <laughs> I always say I'm the girl you have to have on your scramble team. Mm. So I, you know, I can usually get a pretty good drive out there, but, um, but you know, or I'll top it. I don't, you know, it's one or the other. It's 
<laughs> it's about the journey. It's about the journey, Jeff. It's about <laughs> the journey. Um, you know, I have a friend who, um, huge Braves fan, you know, their family went all the time, spring training, and then he got the dream job working at the Braves. And now he probably sees 25% of the games he used to see and they never go to the, so, uh, I know it's a weird question to ask because we've been, you know, you were in like deep in the winter when you started and now we've been through COVID, but like, are you golfing less or more since taking the job? Um, more, um, okay. Or because I didn't golf very often before. So I've played golf three times this year, which is three more than I played last year. So I'll call that significant increase in my golf. Uh, but more importantly, I'm swinging the club more. So I'm going to the driving range a lot more. I'm, I use our uh, simulators and our stores are incredible. We have these inside practice space, which are great. So I am absolutely playing a lot more, just maybe not on the you know, on course sure. a lot more. Okay. You got a club in your office there? What defines a golfer? Sorry, what? Say that again. But that goes back to our comment mm. in the beginning. How do you define if, are you a golfer? That's my favorite question. What does that mean? Yeah, that's true. doesn't have to mean you're on the course all the time. It doesn't have to mean that. If you like the game, if you've, you know, been to top golf, if you swing in your backyard with a practice net, you are a golfer. Yeah. I love it. Do you, do you have a club in your office there? I, I, I don't actually. What? I know. I don't. I'm busy. I am working. <laughs> I, I, I was there this morning. I was over at our Roswell store this morning swinging a new club that's going to be launched this fall that I'm super excited about. And uh, so that, that was how I do that. Sometimes I have, I have the little, um, I have a grip training thing that sometimes mm. I have. But right now I have my slinky. This is what I have in my office. What's that for? Stress? Slinky. Yes. I use it all the time. I'm, I'm sure it annoys everyone in the world because I'm constantly have a slinky going. Is, is that like your tell? Like one of your team members comes in and they're saying something that's disappointing you and you like grab the slinky and they're like, oh no, she's going to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, oh gosh, Jill's got the slinky going. What's coming next? All right. I just have two, two more questions for you. Um, the, the first is, is there, you know, let's say, you know, you, you hit all your goals with PGA Superstore and, and you're, you're ready for the, the, the last piece of the puzzle. Is there a brand out there that you really are like, you know, if I get a chance, I would love one day to, to work with that brand. Oh gosh, there's so many great brands out there, you know, um, Chipotle is probably one of them or, you know, just cause I think Chris Brandt's pretty genius. Um, you know, there's a lot of great brands, but I gotta be honest, you know, one of my dreams in life was to work in sports marketing and I never thought I would be able to do it. And, um, you know, I, I, I just think I am where exactly where I am supposed to be right now. I, I love sports. You know, I love golf, but I love all sports. And our whole company is, is focused on all kinds of sports. So I think that, you know, at this point in my career, I'm in the right place at the right time. And I just want to do the best job that I can. But, there, you know, I am a marketer to the, you know, to my core, you know, and, and there are so many brands that I admire. So I don't know. I, you know, I think probably one thing, if I had to 
you know, do it over again, maybe not, um, you know, where I might go in the future, but, uh, you know, CPG marketing is, is a very different kind of marketing and it's, it's very business focused and, you know, the, those who excel at CPG marketing often find themselves as brand presidents and kind of move to more general management. And, um, you know, I think that might've been, you know, something I would love to do is to take a whole organization and really get them customer focused and think about how can we grow the whole business, everything we do, if we always keep our eye on the consumer and what they care about and what their needs are. And so that would have been the only maybe thing that, that I didn't, I don't think I will be able to check that box by the time I'm, I'm done, but, but maybe what I would have liked to have done someday. But I, like I said, just to be super clear, I, I'm in the, I'm in such a good spot right now. I'm just having the time of my life, even though it's like so stressful. I have an awesome team. It's a small team, but, um, but we're getting it done. And I wouldn't, you know, I just, I'm just, I'm just very blessed right now. It's such a great place to be. Such a great place to be. Okay. Final question. The, um, the young marketer today who wants to be a CMO like yourself one day, what's, what's the best one piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, you know, I always say there's two things. There's only two things you have to know about marketing. Um, so on the technical side, it would be um, just if you know these two things and you can do these two things, you're going to be a successful technical marketer. So we'll, we'll start with uh, the first is right person, right message, right moment. Just that's easy, right? Super hard to achieve, but if you can yep. get it, that's the goal. And the second is it's not about you. Um, that though, it, so I always say that, that if you know those two things, you're going to be uh, well on your way to being a strong technical marketer. But if you want to be a CMO, you'll learn that it has really very little to do with that. And it has a lot more to do with people mm -hmm. and how you manage people, how you lead people. And, and right now, really how you create a vision for something bigger and purpose. And, you know, that is certainly not lost on me. It never has been, you know, you, you know. I am, I do like to lead with my heart and, and I do like, I think I'm my most successful when I can really understand why a brand exists and how it changes, how it, you know, how it makes the world a better place, whether you're selling golf clubs, like you might go, well, how does that make the world a better place? Because it's not about that. It is about something so much bigger than that. Cinnabon was not about a cinnamon roll. It was about you know, a moment of respite in a crazy world, you know, and when I can, when I can really articulate and land on a purpose, I think that's when I personally do my best work. And I think that's when the team is the most inspired and when we can most inspire others in the organization, but also the consumer. So that's, you know, Nirvana. So if those two things are clicking, um, you know, I think you'll, you're well on your way to a great career in marketing. Well, that's a fantastic note to end on. I hope that everybody listening who um, aspires to any level of the success you've had um, and, and to work with some of these amazing brands, um, that, that's a recipe for success. Jill, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. Jeff, thank you so much. I, I admire you and I enjoy uh, any time I get a chance to talk to you. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Awesome. You. Feeling is mutual. I'll see you out there on the golf course. All right. Oh, 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 oh.
Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com, and I really do appreciate you listening. <laughs>